This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's October 14th. Is that right? That's crazy. Halfway through the month of October. We're glad you've taken time out of your day to be with us here on Morning Breath. We are a Drive time devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. And what we're trying to encourage people to do is read a chapter of their Bible every day, spend some time with the Lord, asking Him to speak to you, speak to you through His Word, and for you to hear, you know, revelation and understanding, and that the Spirit of God would would open up something from the Scripture. And you know, sometimes when when that happens in our lives, it isn't really for for you or for the moment, it's for maybe later in the day or for somebody else or what's something coming tomorrow. You know, God's always uh, preparing us and taking care of us. And maybe you don't think you get a lot out of it one day in particular, but then you look back and see how God was getting you ready for something. And so that's what we want to do. We want to see you spending time with God. And we do it by reading a chapter, spending some time in the Word, and then coming down to the studio here at the Merritt Island campus, reading the chapter on the air, and then talking about wherever God leads us. And we don't really have a plan on what we're going to talk about first, but I have with me one of my co-hosts, and it is Pastor Mark Cook. How you doing, Pastor Mark? Great, Pastor Dan. Great to be here with you. You good. doing well? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate doing Morning Breath with you. I thought when you said I've got with mm-hmm. me, I thought you were going to say my secret weapon. I do have but my secret and weapon. that's Nick. He's over there. Oh, no. <laughs> Nick is a secret. We're trying to keep him. Trying to keep Nick a secret. No, Nick's a great guy. We want you to join us. Pastor Dan's talking about what chapter we're going to be reading and all that, and you can find that on the Morning Breath guide. So if you go to the East Coast app or our website, eccc.us, and uh, get to where we're, uh, we've got our podcasts, and you can see the Morning Breath Guide there. It tells you what chapter we're reading. tells you the chapters that we've been in. If you want to go review them or get caught up, you can do that. And you can also listen to podcasts of the show uh, as often as you want to. And so uh, do that on those two locations or call us, 321-452-1060. We can email or mail you a guide. Uh, while you're online looking at stuff, you can see our Facebook page. You can see our Instagram, our YouTube uh, pages. We have incredible uh, on online campus that you can uh, jump on every weekend and see our services. Absolutely. But we're also meeting in the building. We are. And that's a great place to be. Yeah, we'd love to see your face. If uh, you you feel like God's been drawing you back, it's a good time to come back. We're, we've got a place for you if you still need social distancing, and we're taking care of things, cleaning between every service. It's going very well that way, and we've got a great and safe environment for you. But we also, uh, if you're if you're not ready, we're continuing to do online and supporting you and your family that way. So, so glad to be able to do that. Speaking of online, you can see Pastor Matt and Jessica do the Monday morning breath. You can see them on YouTube doing it. We have that podcast. It's a video podcast. And so that's available if you want to see what they look like and, you know, see their faces and hear what they've got to say uh, while you're watching them, that's available too. So anyway, we'd love to have you at any of what we do here at East Coast Christian Center, and we appreciate you deeply. Yeah, we're building a life-giving church that lasts. There's no shortage of ways to get connected. That's right. And, and that's a very cool thing. Anything else going on, Nick? I mean, they had an incredible Flourish conference last yeah. last week. That was a lot of fun. Watching, uh, of course, I got kicked out of the house because my wife had a few friends over to watch. <laughs> I was trying to steal the stuff out of her party box. Ooh. Yeah. I looked at some of the stuff in there. I wasn't 
been interested. We need to have a talk after service about manhood. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, there's some there's some food. There's several there good things in there. And yeah. stuff. There's several good things in there. The food part, I'm, I know exactly what you were talking about, Mark. I'm just messing with you. That was a great one. I love it. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's get into it today. Uh, we've got uh, 33 verses, and uh, this is Jesus, uh, an incredible point. And Je- John is... John just does his gospel different, yeah, and uh, it's an incredible just season and in, in interaction with Jesus here, and it's just pretty, it's almost stunning that the disciples got to spend this kind of time with Jesus in this intimate of a setting. I mean, imagine the next chapter he prays. Can you imagine sitting there and watching Jesus pray for you? Mm. Oh, gosh. It's just my mind just goes tilt. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I can't comprehend it. And I know they probably didn't understand fully the moment, you know, that they were in, because I've been in big moments with God and realized later that, oh, my gosh, God, what you were doing there was incredible. Thanks for that. And not really realized it at the time how big it was. I think a lot of times, I think if we realized it in the moment, we'd probably mess it up. Yeah. And so they probably (laughs) didn't realize how big of a moment that was. But to imagine, you know, Jesus sitting there praying, and this is a chapter that kind of sets all that up and yeah. gets them ready for it. So it's a it's pretty pretty cool chapter. So I'm going to read through verse 15. It's just a it's a it's a little bit tougher to break it uh, after that. Sure. But you're going to get to read a little bit more than half. And I'm going to read New King James, and so are you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. I'll get you started. John chapter 16. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues, yes. The time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I do not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Verse 16, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is it that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me and a little while and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. 
and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came, from, came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father." His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, he said uh, up until now, uh, we've been, I've been speaking to you in figurative language. And then his disciples say, oh, we got it. And immediately says, you got it? <laughs> Guess what? You're all going to be s- scattered just here shortly. Yeah. So you better hang on to what you got because the moment you think you got it, Sometimes something happens in life where you kind of question whether you've got it. And what you've got to do is hang on to it through and rise above what's going on in your life. And uh, he does say in the world you have tribulation. And tribulation's real and it's painful. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And he's not the one bringing the tribulation. And that's where a lot of people get all crossed up with, you know, who God is and what he's like. He's overcoming the... uh, you know, the source of, of tribulation. He's overcoming the, the, the source of what's going on wrong in the world. And uh, it's, it's important that I think you understand where does trouble come from? Trouble comes from a troubled thing, not from a, not from a God who loves you and cares for you. That's the other thing that happens in this chapter is he's, he's kind of clearing up for the disciples what God is really like, you know, and he said, if you see me, you've seen the father, you know, and he's, tells them how much God loves them and cares about them. And he's, he reiter, reiterates that a couple of times in, in talking to them here and uh, kind of clears the air of the sort of the angry old man God that yeah. a lot of people, the picture they have uh, in their head, you know, uh, going on. So I, lo- I love this portion of Scripture. Well, I love that he says that. He, he says the Father himself loves you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important to remember. I, I, I think that, you know, sometimes we— I, I said it this way once, and I don't know if it's the best way to say it, but I, I try to I try to make the picture the, the right one. You know, sometimes we say that um, when God looks at you, He just sees Jesus, and I, that's true. We're in Jesus, mm-hmm. but before Jesus came, why did Jesus even come? Because God so loved the world. That's right. Right. God God loves you as an individual person because He made you. You're fearfully, wonderfully made in His image, and He loves you, and that's why He sent Jesus. Yes. And so it's so important to know that the Father, the Father Himself, 
loves you. I just, I don't know, that that, that little statement always ministered to me. Yeah, I, I love that too. And I think about it, I've thought about it this way. God loves you, but he does see you kind of like through Jesus. Yeah. So he's, God's wearing now color, uh, Jesus colored glasses. And so it isn't that he just sees Jesus in you. He does see you and he loves you and he cares about you personally. The way that Jesus, you know, when, you know, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you, mm. that word cares there is the care like a mother cares for her children. It's hands-on care. You know, when a mom goes to school to see her, her first grader and talk to the teacher and the first graders had lunch, he's got some jelly in the corner of his mouth. She stops. And one of the first things she does is, you know, take a, a, a napkin or a tissue or and cleans thumb. it. Yeah, yeah. Or her th- wet thumb, <laughs> licks her thumb. In the coronavirus, we don't do that anymore, but licks her thumb and gets that you know, stuff off her little boy's face because she loves him and cares for him and doesn't want him going around, you know, with grape jelly on his face. That's how that verse, those words, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. That's the, 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 the powerful definition of that word cares for you. It's hands on care. Mm. And so God, you know, God's concerned about every little thing. And that's the other thing. When I was a young Christian, I was dealing with some issues and thinking, oh, no, God's got bigger things to deal with. You know, oh, I I can't pray for that. You know, I need to pray for world peace or, you know, world peace or, (laughs) uh, you know, whatever, whatever big thing, you know, out there, God doesn't. And somebody actually, I think, was listening to God and the Holy Spirit and came up to me and said, you know, you need to know that God's concerned about the little things. And if it's something in your life, God's concerned about it. And so don't push God away because it's a little thing, because he's care, he cares about you so much. Even the little things in your life are important to him. Yeah. And it was so kind of eye-opening as a brand new Christian or a brand new believer that God cares about me. It cares that my, you know, I got a hangnail or whatever thing you're dealing with or, you know. God cares that a yellow jacket bit me in the air, yeah. and that's something that happened to Mark on Tuesday. God cares about that? Yeah, he does, um, because he cares for you. Yeah. And, and you I, would care, wouldn't you, if you're a little boy or a little girl? Amen. What would you do? On. That's a perfect picture. Exactly. You'd go running. You'd want to take care of it. That's and, right. and here's the thing. I think the, that what we run into, Pastor Dan, is— we get the picture when we, when we feel that way, that God only cares about the big stuff and mm. he's not into the little things. We have a picture of God far away. Oh, yeah. Good point. And, and he's, he's way off in heaven and like we have to, you know, kind of holler to be heard. And does he have time to stop what he's doing and pay attention? But this whole chapter that Jesus is talking about, he's saying, look, we, you've got God in you, God inside it's the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to send, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, the helper, and he's going to come to you when I leave. And that's God in you. Yep. And so, yeah, does God care about the little things? Absolutely. Because he's in you in all of those little things. And he, that's right. he is there and he is present in every bit of it. He's not God far away. He's God inside you. And I love uh, that reminder that God is, has, 
has made it so intentional to draw close to us and to actually make his home inside of us. I love the picture that, you know, it says in, in Corinthians that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The place where the, the place where no one could go because uh, in the Holy of Holies, that's where the Spirit of God was and no one could go in there. And now that has been thrown away and he actually makes his home inside of us. That same powerful God, the same yes. powerful God. Yes. You walk into that presence and you're going to drop dead if you're not supposed to be in there. That same powerful God makes his home inside side of us and he he cares about the sting on my he cares that my ear barely fits in the earphone right now <laughs> good call you know he this is the other thing that that tells me he's not only a god that's near which is a great picture because that's super important he is not far away he lives on the inside of us but he's also and you touch on this he's a big god mm. and so god is so big that he can keep track of our little things and our big things. He can care about the smallest detail of our life and the biggest life decision we're ever going to make. And so God's never limited in what you can talk to him about or deal with so that you never need to not come to God because, ah, it's no big deal. I'll just deal with that or I'll just handle that myself. No, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that every little thing, every little detail of our lives, God is interested in. And you should live your life knowing that he cares about every part of it because he cares about every part of your life. Well, and that, that brings my attention to something. I, I, there, we, we know some folks who have been going through some, going through some challenges um, with, with their body. And, and I had a conversation, and, and at one point the wife said to me, I feel so helpless. And at the time she said that, uh, you know, I was praying, Lord, show me, you know, how to minister in this. And as soon as that came out of her mouth, I heard the, I, and you got to let me finish this because it's sure. going to sound different. I heard, I, I heard in my, in my spirit, I'm always helpless. And what does that mean? That means I'm not when it's small and I feel like I've got it under control, but I need God for the big things. That's a deception. It is. See, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm helpless in the big things, but I'm, I'm not helpless in the small things. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, Without it, Jesus said, you abide in me and I in you, or else, apart from me, you can you do, do nothing. Net, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so right. I just got this, and I'm always helpless in the sense of, without God, it's not going to work. Even when I think I'm making it work, it's still not going to work. I need the Holy Spirit every single time. But in Him, I'm yeah, not helpless. That's right. All right. So there's a difference. I want to make sure you understand no, that. I, I, we, I, yeah. And I think it's a good point to make, that that we are are not helpless apart from Him, but apart from Him? All of us useless, are. useless, <laughs> completely. I mean, you know, I couldn't get myself up off the floor one inch. You know, it was God who lifted me, you know, up off the floor out of the miry clay. You can't save yourself from quicksand. Right. You know, you need something else from the outside. And so we're all faced with life is quicksand apart from Jesus and in the little things and the big things. You know, if you turn left instead of right, you know, two days ago on whatever street you went on, you could have, your whole family could have been hit by a truck and it been the end of it. We just don't see how oh, much man. God is involved in our lives. I mean, I, somebody said, well, I don't have much, much of a testimony. Well, you have a testimony of all the things that God helped you avoid so you didn't have to go through it with your kids or your, you know, yeah. your wife or your marriage or all that stuff. So that's, a, that's amazing. The other thing I want to say just a little bit about this because I really think it's powerful. It says uh, that um, it's to your advantage I go away because I'm going to send the helper. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that's interesting because I, I just know so many people 
who say, yeah, 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 I feel convicted of sin. And I just want to talk about that for a minute because I think there's a, there's a misnomer on how the Holy Spirit works on the inside of us. And that is that, let me just read it, what he says. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Okay, so what is the sin you're going to go to hell for? Not believing in Jesus. Yeah. It's not going to be lying or murdering or pillaging or those things because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, whether it's a a little sin or it's a big sin, doesn't change all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The thing that we're that the Holy Spirit, the main thing the Holy Spirit convicts you of is not believing in Jesus. Now let's apply that to the Christian walking with God who let's say you're in church and they're talking about tithing and you feel, Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't like hearing this. That's, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And there's something going on on the inside of it. And you say, well, God's convicting you of the sin of not tithing. no, God's actually trying to deal with you on your not believing. Mm. Because if you believed God met all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and that when when you do, let's say, give God on any level, that it's given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and that he meets all your needs, really what you're demonstrating by not giving is your lack of believing in Jesus. And everything we ever do that is what we might call sinful behavior all goes back to really a lack of believing in Jesus. And so guilt says you're wrong and you shouldn't have done that. Or you're wrong and you should do that. Conviction in the Holy Spirit says Believe, believe me, trust me, walk with me. I've got this. And I think that's an important you know, delineation or difference we need to make. I think it's critical. And I'm going to tell a quick story in the, in the few minutes that we've got left before the break, Pastor Dan, because you shared on this passage that exact same teaching probably five years ago, and it changed my life. Wow. I was sitting in Tennessee. That's where we lived at the time. And I was struggling. We had we had moved up there. We'd moved away from East Coast. And when you leave a home church, that's hard. You got to try to it find is. a new one, and you can't just you know magically recreate everything. And so we had <laughs> we had been going to church. We had been we tried a couple of churches. We had gotten hurt really bad at a church. Experienced some things we'd never experienced before. Um, and I was I was struggling in my career at the time. I was in sales, and I was just in a lull, uh, and it was miserable. Mm. And so I had all this going on, and uh, I had cut way back. I was giving, but I was not even tithing. Mm. I was probably. I was given at a way lower percent. I was, I was given because I knew I needed to, but I was not in. Yeah. Right. I yeah. was, and, and I, I, just, I just wasn't there. And when you shared that, um, I remember I was sitting in my car listening to the Morning Breath podcast, and you shared that exact thought, and it was speaking to exactly what I was dealing with. Wow. And um, the Holy Spirit, in the moment you said that, what you just said, the Holy Spirit said, I mean, I could, it was almost audible. He said, you don't trust me. Mm. And it wasn't, it was not, you don't trust me. Yeah, yeah. It was loving and it was kind. It was just a statement of fact. You don't Mm. trust me. Mm. But here's what happened, Pastor Dan. In the moment that that 
clarification and that conviction came, you know what came with it? The power. Trust. Yeah, the power to trust, trust and to change. erupted in my spirit. And in that moment, I was able to say, Lord, you are right. I have not been trusting you. But from now on, I'm going to do this by the book. Every If I make $10 next week, you're getting a dollar, (laughs) period. And you know what, Pastor Dan? It changed our lives. From that moment forward, I I made—I'm just going to say this. I made more money that year than I've ever made. Wow. And that was halfway through the year. Wow. And so in in half a year— my, my, I mean, it just completely turned our situation around. Now, don't draw the wrong correlation there. God did yeah. not reward me. Okay, <laughs> that's not how that works. But what I did was I broke through a barrier of unbelief of and I trust. began to operate yeah. in faith. On, and faith on. opens doors. Faith, make, and so that was the that was a turning point. Trusting God was a turning point. But just going back to that conviction thing, with the <clears> conviction, <throat> with the conviction comes the power to do what we've been called to do. The Bible says that God works in you both to will and, and to do yeah. of His good pleasure. You're never expected to just figure it out on your own. You are empowered by this same Holy Spirit that Jesus. Jesus is talking about to go out and do all the things you're called to do and succeed. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Nice. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Join Overlook Ministries on October the 17th at the Avenue Worship Center for the 8th Annual Overlook Fiesta Fundraiser. Overlook is a ministry faithfully serving East Coast Christian Center and Brevard County for 23 years, reaching out to the lost, homeless, and overlooked. The Fiesta begins 7 p.m. on October 17th with desserts, inspiration, and community. Let's change the world one man at a time. Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9:15 and 10:45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. 
This is Morning Breath. What a beautiful story, Mark, of uh, God's care and love for you. Uh, the way that I you put it very well, I just want to reiterate this, this one point about the difference between guilt and conviction. Guilt puts you down and keeps you down. You feel bad about it, but there's no power to change. If you feel bad about something and there's no power to change, that's not God mm. working in your life. That's not God talking to you and, you know, but the Spirit of God will convict you, yeah, of not believing Him, not of— Being a loser. You're, you're a loser, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to put it. Conviction kind of—let me say this way. It does tell you what you did wrong, but it shows you how to do right. Yes. And so that's what guilt doesn't do. Guilt shows you what you did wrong, and it, let me even take a step further. Let's kind of just picture it, you know, devil, pitchfork, forked, you know, long tail, you know, horns, all that. Says, do it, do it, do it. And then you do it. He says, why did you do it? That's the whole guilt picture. Yeah. You know, however we do what's wrong in our lives, and you didn't get to, like, wake up one morning and go, I'm going to stop giving. No, you were worn down through life. Yeah. And just got to the point where it was hard to trust God. Yeah. And what did God do? Rescued you. Yes. Pulled you out of that place. Didn't come in and say, well, look where mm -hmm. you're at now, you bum. Yeah. And so you can know the difference between guilt and condemnation. And you need to fight guilt. Yes. Because you are not guilty. You've been declared innocent by the blood, by the of, blood Jesus. of Jesus Christ. So don't live guilty. We're going to take a big break now. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.